0: Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of T Series.
1: That's right, GT Live is back. This is our eighth episode I think, of T Series. It is not. I believe it's what? our
0: ninth episode, if Chris is able to count. Almost to the number of fingers that he has on his hands.
1: Really, Chris?
0: It is nine.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Wow. Our little baby's all grown up, Steph.
1: Right? Our Our podcast is now in fourth grade.
0: What used to be just a twinkle in eye, each of our eyes has now grown into a fully-fledged elementary school
1: What used to child. be just us complaining that we... Didn't really have a good place on regular GT Live episodes to talk about stuff that was going on, on the platform and deeper issues that involve maybe not playing video games over top of and now look at us here doing those things and talking about those things.
0: Sitting on that couch talking about those, those things. things. Wow. And here we are
1: talking about those things again today. Um, I'm excited we have more to talk about. You
0: know it is it is interesting Steph. Your, your statement there about like look at where we are now and like we were complaining about this thing and then it came to fruition. Yeah, it's it's true. It, it reminds me of the what is it the idiom or whatever? I guess it's not really an idiom. The old advice that people give, which is like if you want to be an author, you write a book. Like, God
1: helps those who help themselves, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I guess that applies, too.
1: It's all it's all one and the same kind of, like, go out there and get it, tiger.
0: G- get her, or in the immortal words of Larry the Cable Guy, get her done. Get
1: her done. Uh, if get you want, her done. If you want something done, you have to do it yourself, that kind of thing. No, but
0: it's it, it's true, right? <laughs> like, it's it's pretty intimidating a lot of times to look at an aspirational goal. Like, I want to be an author or yeah. I want to be an actor or whatever and be like, I don't know how to do that thing, but sometimes it's just about like sitting down and just doing like doing the, the who, base activity.
1: The people who make those things happen are the people who are like, I'm just going to do this, and I'll figure it out along the way. It's, it's actually really true, and I think, I mean, online video in and of itself is a testament to that mentality of, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never done this before because no one's ever done this before, but I'm going to figure it out, and if I want to do something differently than the way other people have done it before, it's no more wrong or right than other people have been doing because – um, there are kind of no rules or no no standards um, in, uh, in No. some cases. Welcome
0: to digital video where there are no standards. No, standards. no but it, <laughs> it's true, right? Like, everyone's just figuring it out as they go along. Look at YouTube, for instance. Not even the YouTubers who are doing stuff and just figuring it out as they go along. But YouTube themselves, they're like, we don't know how to deal with issue X, Y, and Z. we will just
1: figure it out. Figure, let's tweak
0: the yeah. algorithm a little bit and figure it out. Or let's put in some filters and maybe demonetize a bunch of people but we'll figure it out at some point down the line
1: I sense Matthew maybe segment segueing to our first uh, our first story of the day here but before he does Maybe we should tell people how they can engage with today's stream.
0: How can they engage with today's stream, Stephanie? I'm so
1: glad you asked. There are two ways to do it. One is on Twitter using hashtag GTLive. We will be pulling up the twits today. Uh, and Use
0: your imaginations. Imagine a board.
1: Imagine a board that someone has lovingly drawn a picture on to represent something symbolic of today's episode in loving... Handcrafted artistic it, style, it has right, historically Chris?
0: Historically, not been featured on the on the T series show. That's true. But does that mean that it shouldn't exist
1: in our hearts?
0: It can exist in your hearts. Yeah, let's keep it existing in our hearts. <laughs> so Otherwise, anyway, we're just wasting time on it. Imagine, if you will, a square board where there's like some sort of chalk. Marker on it. I I don't even know what these pens are. It's chalk markers. Erasable
1: chalk marker. They're great By the way, if you're ever interested in like a new medium of artistry the erasable chalk marker highly recommend
0: see I actually I don't know. I I would challenge that a little bit here because on one hand I hate chalkboards in general like chalkboards are literally the worst Uh, holding chalk the scrape of chalk on chalkboards terrible, but also, that. this chalkboard. I love the, I love this little board that we have, but it is a bit weird to me that why wouldn't you just use a dry erase board, which is easier and more plentiful? Like, having to find these specific chalk-related markers for this very specific board that we have seems like our motto in life. Like, making things slightly harder than they need to be.
1: That's probably true. And then um, just
0: pressing onward with it. For the record,
1: it. though, I, I think I bought that board because I liked it. And I was like, oh, we board. need black in the background. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying. It's, oh, wait, a, it's a good board. But... Wait,
1: no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Since you opened this box, oh, and, I, and, we've I, will, opened and a... I will close it very quickly after I open we've it to this say Pandora. this. We've opened this Pandora. I wanted to get a white red board for the background, but you were like, no, we need the feeling that you're in a classroom. We need to have a chalkboard-like item in the background of GT Live. And I was like, okay, I will find a compromise here because you also didn't like chalkboards. And so I went out and found... The black board and I was like, But you don't have to write on it with chalk, you can just write on it with markers. I don't
0: I don't I don't believe this alternate history you're spinning here, Stephanie. I don't think this ever happened.
1: We'll have to we'll have to debate it out off off uh uh, I guess behind the scenes because we have to get into the first story, but my side of it is definitely
0: right. Kicks or it didn't happen, Stephanie. <laughs> uh, so hashtag GT Live. Uh, imagine if you will, uh, yep. chalkboard with the letters G- hashtag and GT Live on it. Also engage
1: with the chat. You know how to do it. It is down there, or just uh, discuss on your own after the episode is over. That's also cool oh, too. Just discuss. Um, in any case, let's let's go ahead and continue your your wonderful transition to uh, our first story today.
0: That wonderful transition is completely derailed because we also have to talk about what you're drinking, Steph. What, oh, that's true. What's in your teacup today? Um,
1: I'm all I'm going all in on the organic chamomile today. I'm continuing in my decaffeinated theme. I'm trying to detox from all the caffeine in my life, and so I'm going with a nice. A nice uh, non stimulating cup of tea, other than that tea is lovely in general. And mm. you?
0: I'm trying to retox uh, with all of the caffeine in my life with Diet Unbranded Soda X. Oh. Carbonated.
1: Oh, I just see you decided to switch it up today. Wow. Yeah. Exciting. Life. Exciting.
0: <laughs> Variety is the spice of life, Stephanie. Sometimes change is good.
1: So, as we were talking about, uh, when we open things up, um, on YouTube there's a lot of figuring stuff out to do YouTube themselves are Often in the position of being like hey, we screwed something up now. We have to fix it Oh, wait, we, we fixed it too much. We overcorrected it in the other direction Now we have to fix it again, and they kind of go around and around in these circles um, And one of the reasons why that happens to YouTube a lot is because they are trying to make everybody happy all over the world all at the same time and Uh, As anyone who makes anything for the internet knows, making everybody happy at the same time is just about completely impossible. Literally
0: impossible. So uh, in an effort to continue making people happy on the platform, we go to story number one today, which is YouTube's CEO, Susan Wojcicki, is starting to have tea sessions. Tea sessions. Man, Mm. who's done that before? Uh, I'm starting to have tea sessions around the internet, around YouTube, with people like Shane Dawson and James Charles to discuss creator concerns. Uh, After tweeting about the veracity of the YouTube trending tab, Wojcicki agreed to a tea session with Shane. This meeting happened last week, but Shane isn't the only one who's getting sit-downs. James Charles also was granted a one-on-one chat. Charles has tweeted frequently about his frustrations with YouTube uh, and their manual review process and strict copyright infringement systems.
1: So... I love how uh i I love how it's like, okay, we're gonna pick two creators who have a huge audience and also complain a lot online. no offense james or or Shane, um, and we're gonna we're gonna go see them
0: <laughs> right, like I mean, hey, on Good one for hand, them on one hand, it's like that's some pretty nice white glove service, yeah. like, hey. YouTube cares about you as the creator so much so that we're sending our CEO to talk to you
1: to your house. Uh,
0: but on the other hand, I don't know. I I feel like again this. I,
1: uh, yeah. So so I guess the the head this is the headline. That are am talking the about our feelings about this. What are what what do you what. What do you want to analyze here? Because I think there are a lot of angles you could come at this
0: from. Well, the first thing I think that's worth calling out here is the fact that it's it's still premature, right? These videos or kind of what has come out of these videos is yet to be seen, yeah. right? Like, I don't know if there's a plan to release any information about what was discussed during, during these as part of, like, a video series. Or, I would imagine that if I would they assume. can turn
1: them into content, right, it would make a lot of sense to do that um, because I think a lot of people would be interested in – what that conversation was about and really, like, how real Susan was able to get, right? Well,
0: and it's also one of those things, too, where I get YouTube's position on this, where it's, hey, we want to talk to big creators who have big audiences who can, you know, people who are basically going to take our message and amplify it outwards, right? Like, we can sit down with a small creator and talk about their concerns. The problem is we're talking to a small creator, that small creator might not be able to let a lot of other small creators or a lot of other users of this platform uh, get the information that we're looking to do, right? So right. if if the CEO of the company has taken their time out of their day to, to have these meetings, you want it to be as impactful as possible, let's talk to two really big people online right now. So I, uh, that I get That makes a ton of
1: sense. And honestly, based on who is really Um, having just an incredible impact on the platform right now. I think she picked two of the best people to have those conversations with. Um, There are, like, maybe, like, arguably no two creators who are bigger on the platform right now than those two. Um, Even though they don't have the highest subscriber numbers on the platform, they're extremely influential um, and across a lot of topics and categories, right? Um, Shane is more general interest, and while... Um, James, you know, represents more of just the beauty community. He also represents like, a like a YouTuber lifestyle. He knows a lot of YouTubers. We've talked in the past about how he had, I mean, early on, he had a bit of a reputation for like collaboration ladder climbing of like just doing advantageous collaborations to get bigger and bigger. But because of that, he has a huge network, not only of YouTubers, but then also a massive audience.
0: Yeah, sure. That being said though, I don't know. I... I see, these, I see these headlines, and I'm, I, I don't know, I, I worry a little bit, as you always do, but like, you know, I worry a little bit just because big creators a lot of times lose touch with a lot of small creator problems in a lot of cases, and it's hard to give voice to a lot of small creator problems unless you're actively talking to them, and I don't know. Again, I don't know what Shane's doing on a day-to-day basis. I assume I know what James Charles is doing on a day-to-day basis. And I don't think a lot of them are sourcing a lot of information from smaller creators out there. I would hope if you're given this sort of opportunity that you would... You know, really do due diligence, do your research and make sure that you're serving not just as a voice of your experiences on your channel, but also what you see as wider issues across the platform.
1: I would have actually really liked to. That's one thing I was going to say is that I I would have really liked to have seen either of them make some sort of, you know, public um, public request being like, hey, are you a creator? Uh, What are the things you're most frustrated with? And then try and boil some of that. Um, sentiment up because obviously being one creator and having one channel, which both of those people are one creator and they only have one channel, they only see the issues that are right in front of them, right? And that's going to be a small subset of the issues that everyone on the platform is having, right? And they may be big issues. Like the copyright systems issues are big issues. That, That affects a ton of people. But from working with a lot of creators on the consulting side and businesses, companies, I mean, lots of people, no one is, like, really immune from this. Um, People are very short-sighted because they only really care about their own content, Um, and that's normal, right? Like, we care about our own content, too. Um, But also, we've known some really huge creators on the platform, and I mean the biggest, who still... um, who still basically function off of superstition on YouTube. They don't function off of what the data tells them or like – or what you know, people are uh, evi- like evidence around them. They, they still f- don't know They the function basics. off of superstition, and they they're like, "Well, this has always worked for me, so I'm gonna keep doing it this way. Otherwise, and, and I'm gonna like rub my lucky rabbit's foot twice, spin around three times, and then hit publish, and my video is gonna be amazing." It's like their superstitions, true. like at that level, they're crazy. There are a
0: lot of really strange superstitions so, when you talk to some of these channels.
1: Yeah, and so it's very, it's it's a little bit. It's a little bit concerning when you're talking to two people who only have one channel each. And, um, <coughs> yeah, are they are they really paying attention to what's on the platform or are they paying attention to, like, how are they functioning? We don't really know.
0: And also, uh, I think it's another thing to be saying uh, to two channels on the platform who are tremendously successful. And I think that's the other thing, too. Like, it's easy to look at YouTube with rose-colored glasses when you're doing really well on the platform. Like, wow, everything's great here. Look at how awesome it is. And look at how much success I'm able to have. And, like, that's the other thing, too, is when you partner with people who are having a really positive experience with the platform, like... inevitably the kind of approach that you're having with that person the conversation you're going to have is going to be skewed to some extent
1: but so they are in some degree but shane's been on the platform for over a decade sure um and he's gone through ups and downs he's gone through like a lot of phases with his channel he's he's gone
0: through ups and slightly less ups let this is a guy who okay like we're spilling tea here like oh oh poor me shane dawson shane you're great But uh, quite honestly, like, when your channel has gotten 100 million views a month for, like, the 10 years that you've been, like, if if you look at his analytics, like, off of, like, some of the publicly facing, like, uh, socialblade.com and stuff like that, I've never actually seen his analytics, but I've seen, you know, the publicly facing stats on those sorts of sites, which do keep track of this stuff. He's been
1: very rich for a very long time. He's gotten 100 million views a month for a very long time. He does talk about how he's like, oh, I'm a Walmart guy and all this stuff. All the time, but he has not been a Walmart guy for, like, a decade. The The house, he, like, and we live in Southern California. We live in the L.A. area, and this is not, like, I think that if you make money, you should go after it, go after, buy whatever your heart tells you because you earned it, you deserve it. I am all about that. Or
0: invest it responsibly. Or invest it
1: responsibly toward your retirement like some other people do. Anyway, so. <laughs> like, like, <laughs>
0: but, <laughs> so. But – Treat it with respect. (laughs) Invest in your future security. Don't go buy a Lambo. But if you don't
1: want to do that, that's (laughs) also your choice because you made that money and you should never be ashamed of how you want to use it. That being said, like, he's like – and I know that Shane has made a really big deal about his, like, his dream house and stuff, and I think that is wonderful. But the idea that he's a down-to-earth kind of guy where he – I mean – he lives in like a gated castle in Calabasas. This is not uh, this you. is not like a normal person. Oh, I guess he does. Lifestyle. Now. <laughs> I was
0: gonna say used to, but no, he just moved. Uh, <laughs> moved out of his two million dollar yeah. house or whatever. So, but no, it's, I mean
1: it's it's one of those things where I I do wonder about the perspective because there are, I think there are a lot of smaller creators. There's a massive like smaller creator or, like middle class of YouTube creators that I don't think get a lot of representation because they're not small enough to be considered small creators, but they're not big enough to catch the attention of YouTube. And I think a a lot of them are the ones who are like, I use my YouTube money to pay my rent every month. And if it doesn't come through, I can't make my rent. And it's like, I, you know, I am just trying to make like get by. I'm not buying mega mansions in Calabasas. I'm not buying Lambos. I'm You're not I'm working trying on trying your... to make my rent work and demonetization is a problem and this and this and this. And those and those problems, like those are the creators who slip through the cracks.
0: You're not working on your own specialty makeup palette with your, you know, your friend who's also like a 10, 10 millionaire? Hey if you are, good yeah, on no, you. Awesome. If you
1: are, that's awesome.
0: <laughs> but uh, it, it, No, and I, and I do think that it's, it's one of those interesting things, right? So like when we consult other channels, when we work with other channels, even with this Defy situation, right, which has been kind of this thing that just lingers around in the background. We actually just had a, a meeting right before, like that's part of the reason why we're late actually was we were in a meeting talking about how we want to proceed forward with Defy trying to like represent this you know, uh, collective group of creators who are trying to get their money back. And as a part of that, right, we're working alongside you know, mega mega creators, some of which who are are bigger than us uh, and are owed more money than us uh, by Defi, and then there are other people who, like I said in that original video, were just working on getting their their monthly rent check, and they're like, hey, I, I you know I was owed this, yeah. and now I lost that month monthly rent check from my YouTube earnings that Defi took. Yeah. And I, and when you're like. The needs of those people are just very different in a lot of cases, and the way that they're approaching the platform, the way they run their channels, the way their lives look, just fundamentally different. And I think, you know, with these sit-down talks, it's, you know, it's YouTube trying to, like, it's YouTube trying to meet the creators who are on the the grassroots, the ground floor, they're not the ground floor. You know, they're not and that's fine. And that's, and, fine. And mean, that's not in a, a lot of ways bad. neither
1: are we. No, so we are not. also not saying that like, hey, Susan should have talked to us. That's not that's not what it's about at all
0: we have been sipping tea on this couch for nine weeks, Stephanie. I mean, Stephanie. you could.
1: You could. Uh, season, but, but,
0: no, and yeah. the the last thing I will say about this is I, I think back to, uh, what is it, a couple months ago, six, seven months ago, uh, a year ago. I don't know. I've, time is a blur to me at this point because I'm a father now. Um, <laughs> but it's one of those things where I think back to Casey Neistat's tell-all sit-down interview oh with, my, uh, with, Robert with Robert Kinsel, other YouTube head honcho big guy. Nothing was said. Okay, but, like, in
1: Casey's defense, we've also had many conversations at this point with Robert Kinsel. And the guy's hard to read. I'm just saying. Whoa. No, I...
0: Spilling the tea.
1: No, he's a businessman. He's very serious. He he takes his job very seriously. I think he cares about his work, like, a ton. But he's hard to read. Like, He he doesn't betray a lot of emotion here. So, in Casey's defense... Robert is not an easy guy to get to to get the juicy gossip no, out. No, but, I mean,
0: I've, I've been to enough of these YouTube events. I've seen enough of these sorts of YouTube conversations happen, and, and you know— y- you always got to pre submit the questions. You're not going to be okay. submit. You're not going to be suddenly doing like a, a gotcha moment about, like, well, what about this? And then they're like, oh no, you've ruined me okay, and I'm so going to slip up and expose. No. That's what I was going to say. That was the
1: last thing that I was going to end on is that we've also had a number of conversations with Susan at this point as well. We've had one. Very brief. Yeah, brief, very brief. But, but we had one like more lengthy lunch with her, which was the only time that we've talked to her really with without her being like scripted. And knowing what she was going to say ahead of time. Because there was one event like three years ago where a bunch of creators were in the room with Susan. And and we were there. Um, a bunch of creators were in the room with Susan. And they actually did start asking her questions off the cuff. And some of them were pretty heated. And it was not a good situation for her. It was- and so ever since then... We've always seen her in situations where people have sent her the questions ahead of time, which really means they've sent them to YouTube PR and YouTube legal teams, and they've been pre-screened, and what Susan has to say has been pre-scripted. And that's not just Susan. That's, like, all of the YouTube execs so that they know what they're allowed to say and what they're not allowed to say. So I also... I'm a bit skeptical that whatever videos or like whatever conversations are going on, like even at creators' houses and stuff, that they're not scripted. I'm just like, oh no,
0: everything's scripted. And and, like, what do you really learn out of those? You learn like YouTube's party line. And that's fine, fine. I guess. I don't know. It's it's not particularly interesting. And is it truthful? They're doing their best, right? Like that. Here, here's whenever these videos come out on James Charles or Shane Dawson's channel, they're doing their best. They're working hard to balance the needs of all creators and businesses on the platform. Like, there it is. That's that's what we will learn yep. from this. Like, it's not a perfect system, but it's a system that's learning. And growing and always improving for all the users across all the countries where YouTube is used. Like, <laughs> like there you go. Hire me, YouTube. You're right. There it is. Like, and I in, mean, that's the part. Of, like, that's but all. It, and in I don't Susan's, even need a PR team to screen that. Like, I know that if you boil down what's gets said, that's what it's going to be.
1: In Susan's defense as well, and in the defense of a lot of the YouTube execs who sometimes come off. Because see- I am seeing comments that say, like, oh, she's, uh, she's a shill. I don't trust her. All this stuff. Susan. I am just shocked that people that are – that Susan, Robert, a few other people who we know who are, like, high up at YouTube. It is, like, a miracle that they don't up and decide, like, I am quitting my job. This is over. You are so not worth it because it is – And I think there's a a quote from her even where she's like, this is pretty thankless. Everyone hates you all the time. Someone is angry every single day. She's like, I recognize that this is important work because this shapes literally the future of the Internet. But it has got to be on some days – that it must just be the most miserable job in the world to be Susan. So I oh. also like oh, respect for the woman to like stick it out, oops, stick yeah. it out in that position. I actually have like a lot of respect for that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard and thankless, and it's also one of those things too that like in in a lot of like public situations, and especially when you're doing like these big presentations and stuff. Like she's in in casual conversation, she's very nice. Yeah. Um, on stage. Sometimes she reads as a bit stiff. Um, She's gotten better in the three, four years that I've been kind of like... When I suddenly started to pay attention to this space and start to become aware of who these people are who's running the platform and, and starting to get to meet them, like, I can tell you from first-hand experience, from, like, the first time that I saw her talk to now, she's improved tremendously. But just giving presentations is not her strongest suit. Like, the con- like Stephanie said, we were at a, a meal with her where we got last to talk. October. Yeah, last yeah. October, where we got to talk very, very briefly. There was a lot of other people in the room. Um, but we were talking about Article 13 stuff. And... Like, it was, it was a really nice conversation. She, it was, like, very believable. She was very, like, legitimately, like, expressing her concerns about stuff. Like, it was a very honest talk, um, and it felt very authentic. Like, in a way that a lot of times when she's on camera or on stage it doesn't read because, one, everything she says has to pass through so many different corporate filters, and then, two, just some people aren't comfortable in front of a camera, and I get that. Like, some people aren't comfortable talking off the cuff like we are, you know? And even then, sometimes we're not comfortable talking on – right? Sometimes we're not comfortable (laughs) on the couch either. (laughs) But you you, got to do what you got to do, right? So anyway, that's a a lot of time, a lot of talk about those. We'll see what kind of comes of it. I do like that YouTube is very actively trying to become more – like they've – the one thing that I think this just speaks well on is them hearing the concerns of – Everyone being like, YouTube, you're too closed off. You don't communicate your problems and your successes well enough. Yeah. Start opening up the doors to just get a peek inside or like, at least have someone to talk to. And I, I like that. Yeah. I like them using the language of the platform to start sharing knowledge about the platform. I think that is smart of them. I think that's good. Do I think that they're going to knock it out of the ballpark all the time? No. Uh, I think that it's, it's going to be a learning process for them. But I think, I think they're, get, they're getting better. About that, yeah. There's still a lot of issues, but they're getting better about that, at least. Speaking of platforms, uh, and different platforms, and platforms getting better or worse...
1: Oh my gosh, are we going to talk about Vine 2? We
0: are going to talk about no. Vine 2. So this is our top story of the day! Uh, top story of the day, you can tell because it's in the th- thumbnail and the title of the video. So basically, uh, Vine 2 is starting to hit the news at this point, right? So uh, it's not actually called Vine 2, it's called, no, it's called byte bite, right? byte right y t e not b i t e it's a uh, byte like a gigabyte yes. um it's been it's it's starting to hit headlines right so byte is in beta right now, It's the beta it, byte, but according to the news summary right it generally looks like the original vine uh since twitter owns vine so right here's here's an example of what byte looks like it looks very vine like not you know, shattering any new... Whoa, this is the most innovative video platform ever. Do we
1: know how long the videos are going to be on Byte?
0: So, uh, real quick, uh, since Twitter owns Vine, so you might be asking, like, why isn't it called Vine 2? Why isn't Bendy and the Ink Machine 2 called Bendy and the Ink Machine 2? Because you got to come up with new names, guys. It's, it's Bendy and the Dark Revival. No. Uh, A
1: marketing in, team got paid like millions to come up with Byte, okay? It's actually
0: probably true. Yes. Uh, knowing how these businesses they operate. Needed some, that paycheck. Some like consultancy out there somewhere is like, oh, we pressure tested this with the kids and they really like Byte even though – Bytes and bits Or something That like reminds me Of like computers In the 90s right? Anyway, Anyway uh, Since Twitter owns Vine So Twitter bought out Vine Right And then Twitter owned Vine And then, and then Vine Didn't booped. know what to do with it And Twitter Twitter basically Screwed over Vine In a lot of ways um, So since Twitter owns Vine The new app Can't actually be called Vine 2 uh, Which is why uh, the, the creator One of the creators of Vine And now the creator of Byte Is now Having to change the name the question uh, teasing bite on Twitter recently Hoffman, the creator of this thing tweeted the byte beta we've been running with friends and family feels exactly like the vine friends and family beta down to the weird but appealing randomness of the videos that'll change as we expand but it's a pretty good sign. So that's that's the long and short of it. Uh, here's my question of the day and this is why I really wanted to cover this one right So th- it's still early days. It's in beta. We'll see what it looks like when the whole thing comes out. Does it matter? Do we care? Should we care? In this day and age of every video platform having every length and width of video, you know, every orientation of horizontal and vertical and stories and live and short form and long form, do we need Vine again? Do we need Vine too? Has TikTok taken over... The position of Vine at this point. Is TikTok Vine too? Like, to me, when I think about platforms, I think TikTok is the most close successor to what Vine was, right? Short form, comedic videos that, uh, you know, can be short, can be a little bit longer, but, like, tend to be more comedic sketches. Very rudimentary, but down to the point and funny.
1: Well, even that description of the down to the weird but appealing randomness of the videos. I mean that is TikTok. The weird random randomly appearing videos like the the surfacing algorithms in TikTok lead you through a seemingly random assortment of of like content pieces you can search and you can't like just like you could with vine but um but if you leave it to curate your experience you're going to be led down some like weirdo rabbit holes and that's fine because that's kind of the point of the platform um you you ask some existential questions about what we were like does it matter you're like i'm just an Old jaded content creator. I'm not creator, old and jaded. I want another platform. I'm not
0: old and jaded. I'm no, just curious. Like, does it matter?
1: I uh, to me, it doesn't matter. Um, but at this point, see, here here's the other thing, though. Uh, I I don't think it matters to us. I think there's a subset of people for whom it will matter. So this brings up this like really interesting phenomenon that happens every time a new platform launches, right? Which is that. People, if there's, like, a, a shred of evidence or, like, a spark of hope that this is going to be a platform that takes off, there are always going to be that subset of people who want to be there first, to be the first stars on that platform. You saw it happen with Snapchat. You saw it happen, like, with, with like, a few other places, too.
0: Um, be there first and make Fortnite-related content for it.
1: <laughs> exactly. Because
0: Lord knows there's every platform. There's not enough. Platform needs Fortnite related content. You can
1: never have enough Fortnite, Matthew. It's true. Um so so that's the thing, right? Is there's going to be a subset of people who are like I want to become the first bite stars. And there there were people like this on musically and some of them who had that like first mover advantage on musically tipped over to youtube and became like huge youtube sensations like baby baby what's her face baby ariel um baby shark i do 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 difference baby shark do do
0: do 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 baby shark do 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 baby shark um i mean baby shark also very popular on Musically and now TikTok. So Are, let's be honest here. maybe even like, bigger than Baby Ariel. Honestly,
1: um, no offense <laughs>
0: to Baby Ariel. No
1: offense.
0: Maybe a little bit. No. Um,
1: <laughs> but but like definitely I, I, definitely after you saw, I mean that those first big Vine stars were huge. I mean Liza Koshi Vine Star, Lily Pons Vine Star, like a lot of those Jake and Logan Vine stars, like. Those so people see new platforms as the, an opportunity to become one of those people because if you're the first to make it big on one of those platforms, then you can move like some massive new audience over to YouTube and take off like a rocket,
0: right? <laughs> Onto a platform where you can actually monetize your videos. I mean,
1: that's why everyone
0: went to YouTube. It's like, that I'm not, I can't thing, make right? money on
1: Vine, I can't make money on Instagram, I can't make my like, where are you gonna go? Oh, YouTube, duh.
0: Yeah. Um, So because here's my thing, because I do I care? No, because because I don't disagree with you. I I mean, anytime. And what Stephanie says is 100 100 percent true. We know this with a lot of YouTube creators, too. Right. Where as soon as a new platform opens up, they're all in. You know, I can think of five people that went all in on musically. And on Twitter video, when oh, those- people are
1: also pointing out Thomas Sanders. Yeah, Thomas
0: Sanders, right. No, Absolutely. Thomas Sanders Absolutely. is a great example. Like, that's actually the one I was thinking of. Yep. But, like, all these guys who go all in, like, it doesn't matter if it makes sense for them or not in their mind. They're like, I'm going to get the most hearts on Periscope. Periscope was one that I know a lot of people, uh, oh, that's when right. it first launched, that people were like, Matthew I'm all Santoro
1: in on per-. was all in on Periscope.
0: You can talk about that. I was not going to- Name names, but Matthew Santor no, was No, no, I'm about- just saying
1: like, it doesn't mean you're. The, it doesn't mean that you're bad or that you you aren't like you're trying to be forward thinking, right? Uh, like I said, Liza Koshy, David Dobrik, sure. like Thomas Sanders, all of these incredibly. Well-known people started out by being like, "I'm going to try this new platform and I'm going to experiment with it and I'm going to be one of the people who sets the rules on how content is made on these platforms." Sure, Matthew Santoro was one of the people who wanted to do that with Periscope, and it seemed a like of good a good stuff idea. On right, exactly. So it's not like it's if that platform fails or goes under, it's not that person's fault. It has nothing to do with them. It's just like. The strategy has to be like, oh, if there's a new platform, I'm gonna get in on it and try it. I get like, it just ends up being a lot of work, right? Yeah.
0: To try and all those new platforms. Well, and I think that's the thing here, right? Is I don't think I don't think this is gonna work. That's uh, that's me <gasps> calling my shot. This is me. The the great Bambino pointing out to the outfield and being like, I'm calling my shot.
1: Actually, you're not pointing to the outfield. You'd be pointing to like the foul line in this case. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is going to miss. I'm going to strike out great Bambino. Do you
1: like that sports analogy. I got that one. Yeah, you,
0: you did. It was great. Um, no, but it's it, but honestly, here's the thing. If it was allowed to be branded Vine 2, if they were actually allowed to come out with Literally Vine Two and call it Vine Two. I think it would have a chance at success because I think Vine has a very strong love from a lot of people. I think it has a lot of loyalty from a lot of people. I think it's one of those things that like people were really sad and devastated to see it go. And so even though TikTok basically fills largely the same function in my mind, at least, uh, and you know all the TikTok or all the Vine stars have moved on to YouTube and all these other platforms, whatever. I think you would still have people who are like, "Yes, I loved Vine. I'm back onto Vine too. I'm so excited about this." The fact that it's called Bite, and the fact that it has to legally be called Bite, well, or whatever other name they came up with, but not Vine. Uh, I think that is ultimately going to mean that it can't, it won't succeed because people, people who aren't aware of that whole story and aren't aware of like. Who owns what and why legally it has to be XYZ? It's 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 a new thing. It's just another new thing, like a Periscope, like a TikTok. Like, it's just another thing in this, like, miasma of platforms and social media that people are get, like, why do I care about this one when I got all these other ones? It's
1: also weird that uh, the company that owned TikTok, owns TikTok is a Chinese company called ByteDance. So I thought that was weird Byte. too. Um, I
0: also thought that was weird when I saw that they're naming it "Bites." I'm like, right. oh yeah, that's that's TikTok also the owns, company that owns TikTok. T- yeah, yeah Bite Dance. Bite Dance owns TikTok. Not um, the same. It's just same. weird that they yeah, have like, like a
1: similar. Bite is
0: a common thing. Um,
1: but I I had to read this comment from gamergirl 10:35 in the chat who says, "His theories are wrong sometimes, so it could work." <laughs>
0: It's true. No. It, that
1: your, your theory could be wrong. Your prediction theories uh, rarely work out. Th- they
0: rarely say. work. Although, and, and to be honest, uh, when people, because I, you know, I was working as uh, a YouTube analyst for a while. And someone came up to me early on and was like, hey, here's this platform with six second videos called Vine. And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, and, uh, quite, I'm like, six seconds is too short. To, to do anything interesting with that was me, and I was wrong about that again, my prediction theories are totally wrong sometimes. I totally misjudge that one, yeah um, yeah, this guy in the very early days who who worked alongside me at the the MCN that I was working at at the time. Uh, he's like, yeah, I heard about this cool thing called, uh, Vine. It's six-second videos. And I'm like, ah, okay, pass. Um, and look, I, I was totally incorrect about that. But then That there, was the early days.
1: Then there are all the other ones that were popping up right around that time, though, that were, that did go bust. Like, wasn't there, there was also an eight-second video one.
0: Yeah, there was, uh... Was it was octa
1: something, right? It
0: was octave, I think, or something like. Octave, yeah, there was
1: Octogram, whatever it was. It was about eight second video. There it was, was like that's going to be the next thing, we, but of course <laughs> it wasn't. So you have to pick your battles.
0: <laughs> I mean, a, yeah. you know, at a certain you're not point, always going to be right. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point, you I, like we we have a lot of conversations with a lot of people who are starting stuff. We've had conversations with a lot of different live streaming platforms who are like, "Hey, we like what you do on GT Live. Bring it over to our live streaming platform." That you've never heard of. And we're like, what, why? What do you do? What right. makes you different? Like, what should we do? And they're like, it's live. And we're like, okay, and what? Like, what is what is the reason why? And so I remember and why actually. Why would
1: people go, to YouTube, uh, go away from YouTube where they're already watching stuff to some random platform?
0: Yeah, and it's, and it's funny that you bring that one up, because, uh, Octave or whatever it was, because I remember having that conversation when they're like, you know, it's short form video with a mobile focus. And I'm like, okay. What's, what is, why? What's, so what's your differentiator? <laughs> no, and I'm like, what's your differentiator? And they're like, eight seconds. And, and that was it. Like, that is how he pitched it to me. He was like, get, this is going to blow your mind. Two extra seconds. Whoa. And suddenly the heavens opened up and content changed forever. Octave is no longer a thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but it, you also had the same thing with, um, Accept
1: a shot, seven second videos, says Benetta Menendez. Lucky numbers Lucky Seven.
0: You can call it Lucky Seven, that platform. Ooh,
1: that'd be cool. It's not six.
0: It's not eight.
1: eight. It's seven. Seven,
0: guys. I wonder if that's how it it does make me wonder how bite's gonna differentiate itself too. Like, do you just go in and completely like ape the vine thing? Or do you go in and say like seven seconds, guys? That's that's how bite works. Yeah. Um, what was it? vessel? Vessel was another one that vessel,
1: that was a YouTube competitor. That was like a different platform that was supposed to be VODs, like video on demand. It, it was content.
0: supposed to be uh, premium. Oh, that's right. Videos you that to they're pay for it. So, so <gasps> this was another one where people approached us and they're like, yes. "We want to. We want you to sh- preview your videos early." Over on our platform called Vessel. A
1: lot of people did. A lot Uh, of people did. Actually, so if if anyone remembers um, Miss Glamorazzi, Ingrid Nilsson, um, she was over there. I think Hannah Hart was over there too for a little while. Tyler Maybe Oakley, I think, was I Good think Mythical Tyler Morning, was too. or at
0: least not Good Mythical Morning, but Red and Link. I think yeah, they were did some
1: stuff over there before
0: it was Good Mythical Morning. I believe and YouTube got like Epic very meal concerned
1: time. about people leaving to go. Oh yeah, Epic Mealtime. Mm-hmm. People got very like people at YouTube got very concerned about people going to Vessel um and so it was you know, made by the of creators of
0: hulu which I, like again you like you it. hear like, that and you're like oh wow it
1: must be great they
0: created hulu hulu's a popular thing
1: um but it's, it's also one of those things because like youtube was very nervous like we had a lot of conversations with youtube at that time where it's like you're not going to vessel are you are mm-hmm. you going to ve- you're not going to vessel are you and that was back in like 2014 2015 Something like that. um so it was the kind of thing where even if you're a big platform it's and you are like, this is, your entire business is like being a popular platform, it's also, even for them, it's hard to predict what the next popular platform is going to be. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can't, you can't predict it. You just have to like decide, like, I'm going to commit. I'm going to be like a first mover on this platform.
0: So, uh, so I'm the naysayer here, Steph. What, what say you? And, and what say you, ch- I'm, I'm hopping into the chat here to see this. What do you guys think? Like, do you want Vine 2? Are you using TikTok or have you moved on? Okay, like, what so is it? so
1: my take on this is actually that it it will also not be successful uh, in the long run. I think it may have like an initial pop, but I don't think it'll necessarily be uh, successful in the long run. But here's why. So I do a lot of research with some of our consulting clients, like consulting consulting partners, on different viewership, like how to talk to different audiences and stuff. And here's the thing: new platforms need younger um, video content creators. They need younger creators because those are the people with like time, energy, um, who want to put in the work, who want to like bust the boundaries, create something new, right? But what a lot of people right now who are in high school and college, so like you know on the younger side but still old enough to be making content, a lot of them don't want another social media platform to have to keep up with. People feel like Overexposed. They feel like social media is like increasingly fake. I watched a bunch of videos um, over the past couple of days about people faking Instagram photos at Coachella, which is really interesting. Which is like a whole other thing. We should talk about this. Um, Gabby Hanna's video is pretty good on it. She faked being at Coachella, and then she was like, "This is how I photoshopped myself into Coachella." And actually, I stayed at home on my couch, suckas. Um, so it was like a really interesting. Thing, but a lot. Of, but it goes to this idea that people feel like social media is fake. People feel like a lot of online platforms are fake, and they don't necessarily all want. An, uh, which is totally true. All totally of this true. is
0: not a lie. But
1: but they don't want another place where they have to feel super exposed. They want places where they can feel like they can communicate with their friends, um, which is what everyone wants. Like you can communicate with the people you actually care about, not be super judged online by everyone else, and like follow the people who you want to follow, and then just like don't bother with the rest of it and, like, try and stay out of some of, like, the crazy drama, right? So, I mean, that's I, that's why I don't think this new platform is going to work, because I don't think it offers what people really want right now.
0: Well, uh... There you go. Good one. Anna Baran, Anna Baran, uh, reminded me of what that eight-second platform act was, which I'm impressed that you know what this. What was it? Ocho. Ocho! It was called The Ocho. Ocho! The oh, Ocho! It's
1: amazing. We, we, good we, memory. I rem-
0: man, I, I don't know how you know that. Like, were you... Um, Anna, were you...
1: Did you work on Ocho? You, you can you can confess. It's okay.
0: Were you subscribed to the Ocho? I always made fun of it like... Uh, I remember this in, in conversations after we had those meetings where I made fun of it. It reminded me of like an ESPN. You know how ESPN has like ESPN 1, ESPN 2, ESPN like you, ESPN, <gasps> ESPN like classic. Ocho. I was, was going ESPN, the Ocho. <laughs> Like the eighth <laughs> ESPN, like for all your table. Te- actually, if it was like doing competitive oh gosh, table, do tennis, table tennis, I would That'd be, be great. I would be all That'd in be on that platform. Um, also, this was there. It is uh, mythical beef beefster. Myth- mythical beefster should uh, be hired by the creators of Bite slash Vine two, uh, because mythical beefster wants it. Uh, Vine two should actually be called Nine for nine seconds. It would be is funny it nine seconds if. No, no, oh. but it's just say, like it, you have exactly. Vine and that then you, you have the n- nine because <laughs> it, it sounds like Vine, but it's nine seconds. It would be very funny if Vine went from six seconds to nine seconds. That'd be
1: great, actually. I don't know.
0: I think we need to revive the Ocho, guys. Let's be honest. Like the Ocho, number eight. <laughs> the
1: Ocho is the way to gocho.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Lime Green uh, Techni actually calls it out. Wasn't that a joke in Dodgeball? I think it was the ESPN Ocho. Now that you think, of- that's so funny. I didn't even realize that. Oh, <gasps> maybe it was the oh the ocho where they were covering the dodgeball. I think you were. I think you were right. Now that you say that, but yeah, there was this platform that people were calling the ocho.
1: Yeah, eight so, second I mean, video,
0: guys. But yeah, so, but, so
1: did you want to talk about like the the? Uh, fake Coachella stuff because it's it's really funny. I was
0: not aware of this and it wasn't in any of the things that Chris had pulled up. I for know. Us to I'm talk sorry, about. but I I was. Are I was you was looking derailing at it yesterday? this GT Live right now? I think
1: it's I think it's worth ask because I'm actually really curious to get your thoughts on it. I was going to force you to watch some of these videos tonight, just FYI. This is I don't know if you realize this, but like our whole life is YouTube, and in our spare time we still watch YouTube.
0: Oh, my God. Do you watch a good amount of
1: YouTube? Um, but you got to d- know
0: your platform. But we try, yeah,
1: and we try to watch a lot of stuff that's outside. Like, we do gaming, we do film and TV, we have some other stuff coming up, but we try to watch a lot of things on the platform that... Have nothing to do with even the content we make. Um, and one of the people I watch oh, is Gabby yeah. Hanna to keep up with her g- cleaning her air conditioning vents or something. Yeah, I she cleaned did, her I didn't walls watch, for the first time. I in didn't three watch years. that video. I I imagine maybe it was satisfying, but it was like giving me allergies just to look at the thumbnail, and I didn't. Um, but I did watch her video about faking going looked to walls clean Coachella. to begin
0: with, quite honest. Like, in the thumbnail, she's like, I clean my wall. I was expecting there to be, like, a streak. Like, if I were thumbnailing that, like, you have – you do the infomercial thing, right? Where you have, like, the clean streak and the dirty walls, Ooh. but it just looked like a white wall. I don't know.
1: It probably wasn't that bad. Anyway, so –
0: I I was also like, I cleaned my walls for the first time in three years, Gabby. Like, three years – you, do you clean your walls more frequently than –
1: Three how, years? how often should how, I be cleaning yeah. my walls? How often?
0: Chris, when was the last time you cleaned your walls? I, I have never cleaned You have never walls. cleaned your walls. You should be ashamed or make a YouTube video about it because apparently it's some very exciting title that <laughs> it's expected for people to click on. Right. Uh, anyway, okay, uh, take us through this stuff. Okay. So people are faking Coachella. So yes. first off. Don't so, really care about Coachella.
1: Well, so, so yeah, I mean, the preface to this is that neither of us are really huge fans of Coachella. Um, if I think a lot of people go and they have a ton of fun, it's not, it's definitely not my scene as someone who just likes to treat their home like a cave and hide in it like a grizzly bear while eating potato chips. I'd like
0: to go once. Uh, being in California, I think it's one of those things that, like, we should attend once just to experience. Apparently, at this point, we're too old to go. I,
1: I I know, I know people who are older than us who go, but, but, and we look, we look young enough to make it work, but, um, that said, there's, Coachella is just, like, is, is a scene, um, which I didn't really understand what that meant before moving to California or, like, living in LA, but it's basically a place where there's something that you're supposed to be doing, at this event or at this place. But people really just go to be seen there. Not to do the actual activity. So in name. Coachella is a music festival. But in actuality. It is an Instagram backdrop. For a lot of people who go. Especially big YouTubers. Like you know, like you can see. Um, Jeffree Star and uh, Lily Pons. The entire Instagram. Was just all Coachella all the time. Um, and. Uh, most of. Uh, James Charles pants did not have buttocks on them. Yeah, I was surprised um,
0: that those didn't get flagged for demonetization off of, or like off of his thumbnail. I have seen a lot of butt cheek in that, that thumbnail. He
1: and Susan are like this. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey,
0: Susan, is this thumbnail okay? Oh, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Anyway,
1: we're not getting into that. So, But but the whole point is that there were a number of people um, – this is not like a new thing. Um, <laughs>
0: Only 70% of your butt cheek is exposed. It's okay.
1: Gabby Hanna faked going to Coachella. Um, Anastasia Kingsnorth also faked going to Coachella. There are guides online to how to fake going to Coachella. Um And there are basically, like, uh, Gabby's video, like, basically just walks you through, like, how she went and got some outfits. Um, She posed in front of an easily photoshoppable background. And then she had a friend who was really good at Photoshop. That's
0: called a green screen. No,
1: it wasn't a green screen. Oh. Uh, Fill in the background (laughs) to make it look like she was in front of the Coachella stage. And it worked. She posted a whole bunch of looks from Coachella. And people... Um, you know, responded just as if she was she was there. Um, and her point was to draw out how fake, Social media is how easy it is to fake a perfect lifestyle on social media, which it absolutely is. Um, and, I'll, and a lot of people do it, and, and a lot of people like own up to the fact that their Instagram is not their real life. Like, there are people, um, you know, Tana is one of them who talks a lot about how much she like she would she she facetunes herself to filth and stuff like that, where her like she's basically unrecognizable in some of her Instagram photos versus like her real life.
0: Can I just say, I like. I've never used Facetune. I've never explored Facetune. <laughs> we don't use
1: Facetune. We don't like I alter our. We probably should. Like look, as you, you see, can tell, you see my
0: nose right now? As you
1: can tell I was on out, our Instagram, we don't use what we should be using.
0: I was out and look at those bags under those eyes. I I was out in the sun all day yesterday at Six Flags. My nose Knots is Berry like farm. We were there. Oh, sorry, Knott's Berry Farm. Virgo yeah, Festival. yeah. Thank sorry, that's why much. I misspoke. Yeah. Uh, I was there at Knott's Berry Farm. My nose is like a red beacon out to the ships at sea. Guiding them amongst the rocks.
1: Jordan Robinson says that seems pretty excessive just to prove a point to fake going to Instagram. I She does go to some pretty extreme lengths. And it is kind of a – it is a little bit mean to pull one over on your audience. But I, I like her messaging behind it, which was – and I know Gabby Hanna is a controversial figure and stuff, um, which is one of the reasons why we watch her. But, um, but I liked the idea behind it, which was that, hey – it was It was Every, kind of like... Everyone's
0: controversial these days, yeah, Stephanie. Yeah, but
1: it was like you, um, you don't need to be going to Coachella to look cool on Instagram. Instagram, what you, you see lie. on Instagram, right? What you see on Instagram is fake. <laughs> what you see on Instagram is fake, and instead of going to a place just to get the Instagram credit for it or get your Instagram photo, you could be spending time doing things that are worthwhile in your life. Like, she spent time with friends. She, like, went to the gym and worked out she volunteered with a volunteer organization all on the same weekend that she said that she was spending at coachella and she also highlighted how much money Instagrammers spend on a weekend like Coachella, which includes, and this is not an exaggeration, thousands of dollars of hair extensions, makeup artists, um, like publicists, wardrobe people. And we know from talking to wardrobe people, we've never actually hired a stylist, but we know just from talking to stylists that one single look where you don't even get to keep or own any of the clothes can be Two or $3,000 easily. One outfit. One. Um, And so the idea of spending a whole weekend at Coachella or two weekends going through six outfits and five wigs and like six different makeup looks is incredibly expensive. And that's not even the tickets to the – that's not even the
0: event or the hotel
1: or anything. For
0: that $2,000, dollars we are like, and you get to keep it, right? And they're like, no.
1: They're like, oh, maybe. I don't really think so.
0: No, certainly not. Yeah, we
1: were trying to outfit Matthew for a red carpet event and they were like – yeah, it'll be twenty five hundred dollars. You know, on the low end, if we if if we're not keep, if we're just borrowing the suit, and we're like,
0: what? Nope, Th- thanks, but no thanks. And click. Uh, yeah. uh, i gonna- We didn't
1: actually hang up on them. We were like, oh well, you know, maybe like for a, for we're a bigger a, event, a, like yeah, maybe this will be worthwhile. And, or and we really appreciate all your help. You have to be like really nice. And on the inside, we were like. Ah!
0: <laughs> she never talked to us again. no,
1: and she never talked to us again
0: N- not even like we a were so not even polite. like a yeah it was it was we were really polite and never like nothing apparently just we were silence. we were
1: no longer apparently
0: we were supposed enough to, enough for her. apparently we were supposed to have known that that was what it was gonna cost going into it uh anyway the, <laughs> here's here's the my confusion okay, and this is me showing off my like just general unawareness of this sort of thing. Uh, I try to stay aware of a lot of things. I'm aware of Coachella. I'm aware of what it is. The thing I don't get, who wants to do all this in the middle of a desert? Like, you're going it's part out of the
1: charm, I, is it? it? Well, okay. So here's the thing: it it looks like, and feel. Chris, Chris, you may have a closer, like maybe you know people who go to Coachella close more closely than we do. Like
0: you're in the middle of the sandy desert, and here you are getting dressed in your like finery. Yeah, but and it's, it's
1: exclusive. Like, it's you have to get. Apparently not. No, no. Think about it. If you have enough money to take the plane, and then Or drive, and and then the car, and then do the hotel, and then like. Also, and then the the concert itself also like you have to get private transportation out there because they're like Lyft doesn't even go out to the field where Coachella is. It's it's a massive ordeal to even get there. So it has an immediate air of exclusivity. And then because it's in the desert and you're like you have all these like beautiful desert scapes around you. It has this organic feel to it, even though it's all very plastic at this point.
0: Here's the thing. Uh, so I get that. I mean, first off. Hotel rooms? I thought this was like Woodstock and people were like living in tents. They should no, be living in tents. No, stuff. they're doing
1: Airbnbs. It's a, Terrible. It's almost all Airbnbs and hotels. Uh,
0: lame. Get, get good where, at desert concerts, how guys. Would you,
1: how would you stay in a hotel when you have to wake up at like 6 a.m. so that your makeup artist can come in and do your makeup?
0: I would respect the commitment a lot more. That would be impressive at Maybe that you point. Maybe bring your
1: own generator. There would
0: be, that would be <laughs> the point where I'm like, okay, that's impressive. Uh, anyway. no. <laughs> But the other thing, it, oh,
1: P- Patrick up. Anderson is like, oh, that's Burning Man. You're you're thinking of Burning Man, ah, You go out into the desert and stay intense. That's, that's not the one. this. That's not Coachella. I,
0: <laughs> I, it's funny too, though, because I've always associated the two as like being basically equivalent. Uh, no, but the other thing that I was gonna say here is the fact that, like, okay, first off, we're we're getting all gussied up, but you're saying about how exclusive this whole thing is. It's a bunch of like young kids is it like at the the, no, the perspective I also of
1: don't think that's an accurate perception Coach,
0: of, is it, it not because Coachella as I understand it is always like oh we're like
1: it's not m- a children's event
0: it's see why is it all the young tubers doing it then
1: well I'm, because the the young youngstagrammers I mean,
0: but they're That's not, a terrible name. I need I'm to come sure up with the a
1: I'm not sure they're as young as you think they are. I
0: don't know The
1: age bracket for Coachella, the primary age bracket, is 18 to 24 because you have to at yeah, least at least be old enough to, to be legal. 18 to 24. That's young. And no, but but a big part of Coachella is alcohol. And so to right. to be getting alcohol, you have to be at least 21. sure.
0: So, still, like that's that's pretty young, and so for young,
1: that's not that when, young, my when, friend.
0: Guess what? When you're 21, y- you can't be a afford- Like I don't know. It, it it to me, it's hard to like sell me on like, oh, this is an exclusive event with a huge proportion of like 18 to 21 year olds. That's a, I don't know, like right? But those are the
1: people they, with a lot of expendable income who are buying the musicians' oh, merch and stuff like that. Like expendable income. Here's the thing: See, it, they're like these are. It's it's not like. I'm sorry it's it's a lot of like rich white kids who are at Coachella whose parents are paying for them or they like just have some cash to burn. Right? Like, they need
0: to be seen. You can
1: go to Coachella and not do that and, and not participate in all of that kind of culture but that is that scene that like Gabby, Hanna and that others are referring to and it leads to a whole separate subculture. Like the subculture around Coachella I think is actually much more interesting than Coachella itself, right? Coachella is a music festival. There have been lots of wonderful music festivals throughout history. The big deal about Coachella is that it's Including a birds. scene. Them. And so it leads to really over, it's it's like a basically a two weekend over the top fashion show that manifests on Instagram. And then you get stuff like what James Charles and Tana released this morning, which was YouTubers doing reviews of people's Instagram wardrobes of like Instagrammers Instagram wardrobes at Coachella. Mm. And so there's an entire subculture that spawns underneath Coachella, which is why it's so big in the social media community because it's all visual. It's all about FOMO, the fear of missing out if you're not there and you didn't get that Instagram photo. And that's what Gabby Hanna is speaking to and, uh, and others. There are like lots of other videos about this when they're like, hey, you could be probably doing something better with your time or something that's a bit more real with your time. Um, and, hey, it's also not that difficult to fake having a, an amazing time at events like this when, you know, it de- it's not actually an accurate reflection of a person's life.
0: It's topics like this that make me feel so tired, Stephanie.
1: Does it? So
0: tired. about Life. Let's talk about.
1: You don't want to go and take a bunch of really awesome Instagram photos right now. Uh,
0: I rarely do I want to take a bunch of awesome Instagram photos as evidenced by the fact that I post like once a month like I, I, I like my instant shout outs to my Instagram guys Matt Pat G T M A T P A T G T. um no I, I I like my Instagram account because you'll notice like this is a week where I'm trying to take it a little bit easier and I'll post like three things that week and then I'll nothing for another month because I'm like I got other stuff to do like I don't I, like I don't know I if it wasn't if it wasn't part of our job and our life I don't think I would use social media nearly as much as, as we do. Just because, you know, like...
1: You're out there living your life, man. Yeah, I'm
0: I'm doing stuff. I don't necessarily need it Like, maybe I'd use Instagram as, like, a photo album or something like that. But even that, like, a lot of times I'll take a photo just so I have it to look back on. Maybe, but you know more than more often than not like it just exists in kind of like the big photo reel and you slide it away into the cloud or whatever like you would do an old photo album back in the day and that's that's it well how know? do you
1: feel about real people about people talking about or sort of exposing this idea of how fake platforms like Instagram are does that help Does does that help the problem or do you think that that just makes people better at faking their lives on Instagram?
0: Oh, I mean, it definitely makes them better at faking it, certainly. But I think, I don't know, I think in this day and age, whether you're talking about fake news or fake Instagram or whatever, like literacy of online content or literacy of the media that you consume is so important to teach. Right? I think it's easy for people to forget. Even back in the TV news days, right? Like, here's the frame, but he, here's the the actual story around the frame. Like, here's here's the frame that we're covering this news story in or whatever, but here's the stuff around it that is t- telling you the whole story or giving you a more accurate perception of what's really going on. It's, it's what we talked about a couple weeks ago uh, as it regards... Uh, the Oscars, right? Where the Oscars take place in the middle of a mini mall. Uh, and that the big fancy parties with everyone in their gowns is taking place in, in like, a back alley on, in kind of, like, a, a dirty part of town in a lot of cases. Uh, and, you know, they just set up a backdrop and they take the picture and it looks glamorous and beautiful. But, like, from from me, who was literally observing... That line happening across the street, because they, they set it up across from where I was working at the time, they're right behind a liquor store, and then, like, the fancy hotel was right next door, but, like, it's, it's not a nice part of town or whatever. So, like, to me, I think it's important to I, – I, I mean, that's why these channels exist, you know, is to help educate people about, hey, the story that you're being told might not be true, you know, there might be more to it or whatever, and so – whether that's Instagram photos, whether that's, you know, YouTube videos, whatever, I'm totally on board with the idea of breaking down the tip, the the techniques and tricks that people use to, you know, manipulate the information that's getting out to people uh, and give, you know... Because you're right. A lot of people use social media and feel bad. Like, again, we th- these sto- studies have come out that say, like, hey.
1: Social media is really bad for your health. Yeah, social
0: media makes people depressed. Social media makes people, you know, have a more negative rating towards their own personal life. And, yeah, because you're competing against a perfect competitor that's edited out all the mistakes and all the errors, And so, of course, you're going to feel bad about your own existence because there's that sense of FOMO and there's, wow, I'm not as pretty as that person. But, you know, behind the scenes, it's face-tuned and green-screened and edited and there were a hundred pictures taken by a professional photographer who cost too much, you know, and they're wearing outfits that cost $2,000 that they don't even get to keep. Like... Whatever. Like, I think that's the thing that's easy to forget when you're looking at that photo or that video. And so, great, if we can start spreading the word or if Gabby's spreading the word or whatever about the the magic, the tricks that make that happen, awesome. Because hopefully then it breaks down a little bit of that negative feeling that social media engenders and people can actually be, you know, a little bit happier in their day-to-day life or recognize that what they have is also awesome because a lot of times these people who are taking private jets or whatever, like, just there's something behind the scenes that it's making it happen. There's always
1: everyone has their uh, like there's that phrase like right everyone has troubles everyone has their fair share right you just don't see them on mm-hmm. Instagram like, or or on social media in so general. That,
0: so that was my rant.
1: That's that one old
0: old man, Matt Pat, middle aged dad. I don't of think that's, here. no,
1: I don't think that's an old man mentality at all. In fact, I think more than anything, it's. Younger people who are coming up Who are like Who grew up with social media And are like You know what I grew up like Trying to compete In this social media world Of like Everyone around me looks pretty Everyone around me looks amazing um, Through high school Through college Whatever And Everyone around
0: me is on the Ocho And
1: it's all fake And I'm tired of it And I think actually That's a mentality That's More and more you see Coming up through the ranks
0: Yeah it'll be interesting To see how Things change and evolve With time. With time.
1: Do we have time for one more story?
0: Uh, Hey, Avengers Endgame is coming out. (gasps) We don't have
1: tickets. And Fortnite
0: is doing a crossover with them starting on Thursday.
1: We don't have tickets.
0: I have nothing to say about that. I just think it's interesting. Who do you – like, last time Avengers had a big crossover with Fortnite, Thanos came in. The Infinity Gauntlet was cool. I'm kind of curious who's coming in this time. I I don't know if it's Thanos again. They, as far as I know, it's been kind of tight-lipped about it, like what this crossover is actually going to entail. But I think it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. Um, makes news, you,
0: makes you almost want to care about Fortnite. Oh,
1: just maybe. joking. A lot, a uh, lot of people
0: already care about Fortnite. Yeah, I think quite there are, a bit. I think
1: there are a few people who are already on board the the Fortnite bandwagon. Right. It's it,
0: it's funny. Like thinking about that crossover to me is like. The two victors of the world just, like, rubbing it in everyone's just, face. No, they're just,
1: like, high-fiving. Yeah. They're like, right? yeah, we're like, great.
0: Yeah, everyone's coming to see our movie. Yeah, everyone's playing our game. Let's just hang out together and celebrate how awesome we mutually are and how successful we both are. Like, you know, oh, my gosh. I I think that's funny because on one hand it's like, you know, Avengers is crossing over into Fortnite as if people are, who are playing Fortnite are going to suddenly be like, Wait, what is this character, th- th- Thanos? Thanos, th- it's tha- Thanos, tha- Thanos, th- Thanos. Who-, who is this guy? What is? What are these gemstones in his? Like, as, you know, I, uh, there's living under a rock, but then there's like, like you'd have to really be living under a rock to be playing Fortnite, but also not be aware of Infinity War. Yeah. You know, like oh, oh, and this is suddenly going to inspire me to watch the twenty-one movies and catch up with Infinity War, so I can go see End Game.
1: Speaking of, we Thanos. <laughs> the other two juggernauts who are doing a crossover this week are Infinity War uh, for End Game and Film Theory. <gasps> we had we are you, had. Are our, you
0: shamelessly plugging? I am shamelessly. Our no, video.
1: I, I'm really excited about this one. I think it'll be fun. Uh, we do have one other special, special little film theory yeah, coming we did, up this week. We Is it did. Tomorrow a, or Thursday, right now.
0: It's Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, I know. It's unf- yeah. Ugh, it, right. it was a tight turnaround yeah. to do it. I know. It, the but, editing's taking longer than we expected. But
1: it, it's yeah. But it's gonna be fun, and it'll still make it out before the movie comes out, which will be good. And so that's that's our that's our little collab with Endgame, unofficial, not spawn.
0: <laughs> to- totally. They gone. don't really
1: want us to make this video. It's okay. The it's video. Fine. Oh,
0: we should title it that. <gasps> The video Marvel didn't want us to make, even though they didn't d- know it didn't existed, really care. and we've it's never fine. talked I'm to them. I'm sure they
1: would. It's, it's free marketing they, for them, honestly. The
0: video Marvel doesn't care about. <laughs> that's that's film theory in a nutshell. That's that's the summary there. Uh, other, um, but it
1: will be fun, so, so do watch that before you go see the movie.
0: One last fun little drop of tea uh, as we kind of wrap things up mm. here in our, our final couple minutes. Um, I think this is just interesting, right? So, I, I didn't know about this until Chris told me about it before the live stream. No one
1: is spoiling Endgame. No one has said anything about it. No one's spoiling, no I one's don't know spoiling anything. anything. How would we spoil? We don't know anything.
0: I've never seen it. Yeah. Seriously. I and wish. Ha- I wish I got to see it in early the screening. Spo- like, yeah. I didn't watch the spoiler. Yeah, we didn't. Guys. We didn't pay okay. to
1: Like, yeah. Come on, it's all right. For
0: uh, we're only we're spoiling Endgame in so much as we know how the Ant-Man Thanos battle turns out. Ayo. Just saying. Uh, no, so this is an interesting little story to end on, which I'd I'd love to get Stephanie's opinion on. Uh, apparently, there's a comedian who plays an accidental president on a Ukrainian TV show, uh, a comedic Ukrainian TV show. Uh, he was just elected as the actual president of the Ukraine, apparently in a landslide. He won the Ukrainian presidency in a landslide. So you have a comedian playing an accidental president, suddenly elected, elected the real, real president. president. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to politics in 2019. This
1: is the age we live in, friends. I, I mean, as it, Chris said before the stream started... Life is the world. What is it? The world is a TV show now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is that is it, pretty much in a nutshell.
0: It's. I mean, uh, here's the thing. I don't know anything about this guy. I don't know anything about his policies. Maybe he's great. He, he might be awesome. It is weird, though. It is. A, it is a little bit concerning when you see that sort of stuff happen. Then again, it's been happening for a while. Like I, I think it's easy to to assume that this is like, wow, look at this scary recent trend where you know, these people who have no political background or no political affiliations or whatever are suddenly getting elected to, like, these super powerful offices. Ronald Reagan was an actor. At one point, people who and ap- he was elected and president and people who
1: appeared on TV instead of appearing instead of just being voices over the radio also had huge advantages when TV was just becoming a thing. Um, you had um, oh, what's his? I forget his name, but the, the like YouTuber or on- online personality who was in elected in Brazil. Yeah, there was a. Uh, I think uh, there was a couple
0: uh, Brazilian YouTubers. But, but yeah, who were elected it does to seem to be like a weird government.
1: trend lately, which is also it, it's weird. It's just unusual. Again, we don't know anything about it. We just well, thought it was a funny interesting story.
0: Well, I don't I don't I don't think it's a weird trend. I totally get it, right? Like, here's the thing. We we, I say, us, us running for president. No, um we are the devil that you know, right? Like, say what you will about uh Donald Trump or this Ukrainian TV show guy or Ronald Reagan or whoever across history, like they are fi- Jesse Ventura, the wrestler, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He, you know, these are guys who are elected to government offices who had a background in entertainment. And here's the thing, right? Because they're public figures, they're just more well known than your local than t- than politician. Than someone
1: who's trying to like b- bring up a grassroots effort and then play catch up. Right. This is why. This is why we were like we speculate sometimes about who the first social media star like, on, in government office will be, like, in a big, big government office, Matthew thinks it's gonna be Kim Kardashian.
0: 100%. We're gonna do a film theory about it <laughs> on, on one of these days. But, but it's one of those things, right? Where it's like, I know... Je- I, I, I don't know. I, but here's the th- I know nothing about Jesse Ventura. I know he was a wrestler. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger was an action star who was a bodybuilder and stuff. I I know Donald Trump was you – know, On The was Apprentice. Apprentice and, like, business – like, he was pop- successful in business. Like, or at least that was the brand that he that created. I also knew that he went bankrupt in that business or one of his businesses, whatever. But, like – but it's one of those things that, like, you know those people at least to some extent, whereas here's – you know, a uh, person running for Mayor X or Governor Y who you've never heard of unless they you, like, actively battle. follow local bo- – Yeah. They,
1: they have a, an uphill battle next to a movie star right. no it's, matter who they are.
0: It's brand awareness. Yeah. And, and also, here's the other, you know, sad fact of the matter, just kind of like the, the – here's the T, right, is if you are trained to be in front of a camera or be a performer, you're going to be better at speaking – You're going to be, you know, a a lot more comfortable, a lot more personable, a lot more eloquent. Yeah, you can have some great debaters rise through the ranks, but a lot of times the people who are coming from the media world are just, they have a skill set that allows them to succeed better in today's day and age. And when the voters, in a lot of cases, excuse me, are getting their information and getting their impressions about these candidates off of the screen that you're watching right now or the, you know, the internet that you're listening to right now, like, someone who's articulate and comfortable in front of it is just going to be more trustworthy and advent- It goes back to Susan. Wow, it all comes oh my full- gosh. It all comes full circle! Wow, today, this is great, actually. I'm so happy we ended with this because it all comes full circle, which is why, like, people like Susan, who's a business person first- you know, is not as comfortable on camera and so comes across as less trustworthy, right? Like, because it because it's clear that she's reading off of the script, because it's clear that her stuff has come from PR people, it, it's harder to trust her. It's harder to, like, get the sense that, oh, I'm listening to someone who genuinely cares about this and not someone who's a shill, you know? Exactly. Like,
1: I mean, you can't even tell the scripts that we're reading off of in front of us right now.
0: This would be a very elaborate script. That would be script. unbelievable.
1: It would also be a terrible script writer. <laughs>
0: I, I, I think we've done a good job of talking about things, Stephanie. But, but
1: yeah, like the, the so it's very different to be able to talk to someone in an unscripted way versus having to go through all of those filters. And, and yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. It's It's – Whoever is known the, known the best and in front of the camera. It's who's yeah. ever in front of your face. Right.
0: It's, it's, it's we're, we're brand humans. awareness. Yeah. You, you know that person better than you know anyone else. Uh, the last thing I'll say too is, again, full circle, tying together all of the topics that we talked about. Uh, brought back Susan. Also bringing back Gabby Hanna, right? Like Gabby Hanna said, a lot of that stuff's fake. A lot of the words that those people are saying – you know, when they're actors or performers or whatever are scripted. Those personalities are curated for a camera. And so that might be a lie. And so you think, and again, this goes back to what we were saying about media literacy and being able to, like, just watch stuff and understand, you know, what's real and what isn't and doing the research and being able to parse through, you know, the, the lies and the edits that exist. It's one of those things that, like... Yeah, you think you know that person because you've watched them on TV or you've you know watched their videos online or whatever. But in reality, they might be a completely different person. But you think you know, and because the camera and what the edits say and this and that are kind of training you in that direction. So, am I surprised by this? No, I, I actually I think it's something that you'll probably continue to see more of. You've you've started to see it happen more and more frequently in more and more places around the world. And unless there's a major pushback around this stuff, or if politicians just get more and more... I think think that's what you're really going to see. Here's me, here's the great Bambino Bambino calling his shot again. Here's one of these other great prediction theories from Matthew. Uh, I think what you're going to see is politicians really starting to figure out, like, we need to be performers... We need to understand the camera and we need to understand making a media moment and we need to understand how to art- be articulate, emotional, passionate. And again, curated for the camera might not be true, but if I want to be a politician, what I really need to be is a performer. Great. There it is.
1: Oh, man. Wow. I think that, wow, that was good to the last drop, that T.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My uh, my unbranded diet, Soda X, was delicious. And
1: I think that's all we have for today. It uh, is. But we will be back on Thursday.
0: We'll be back Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, stuff that you originally came to this channel for. Probably Ooh. gaming.
1: Yeah. Hey, <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? Fortnite. Nope.
0: Probably not. No. Uh, uh, but but we'll be knows? back
1: on Thursday. Who knows? Uh, and in the meantime, enjoy the rest of, of the middle of the week. We'll see you on the other side. We'll
0: see you on Thursday. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. And remember... That was just a cast. A podcast. Cheers. Cheers, my friends.